Do you constantly feel confused about where your life is headed? Or maybe you just need some guidance to get through your current season in life. Are you tired of doing the same old shit and getting no results? Maybe you're at a turning point in your life and looking for someone or something to help you get the life you've always wanted. When you're ready to stop the old routine that's no longer serving you and you're ready to hit the goals that you've set for yourself this year, join us here where we'll share stories about personal development and interview leading experts on how to have the life you deserve. I'm Erin Backman, a personal development coach, salon manager, and a whole lot more. I love helping those around me break through their roadblocks and live the life of their dreams. So join us here on the Building a Better Life podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Building a Better Life, a podcast dedicated to those wanting to get their shit together. I'm your host, Erin Backman, a fully licensed hairstylist and personal development coach. Thank you so much for joining me today. Recently, I've been felt this poll to address how we all have been feeling surrounding the current health issue at the moment, COVID-19. Now, I don't want to get into any details about it and whether or not you should be worried or how you should be reacting. But instead, I want to offer some tips on how to work through your anxiety or worry that you may be feeling right now in light of these recent events. So let's get started. Okay, so you know me and you know that I cannot start any episode without doing some definitions. So what I wanted to define today is what anxiety is. And anxiety is your body's natural response to stress. So it's a feeling of fear or apprehension about what's to come. But if your feelings of anxiety are extreme or they can last longer than six months or they become to the point where they're interfering with your life, then you may have an anxiety disorder. And I, for one, am someone who has dealt with issues around anxiety and anxiety disorders. Um, So definitely have been there. So one of the other things that I wanted to um, shed a little bit of light on is something called mass hysteria. And this can be somewhat of a controversial term. However, um, as someone who has studied sociology and kind of how groups interact and how people react to how other people are acting, I wanted to look up this definition and just kind of share it with y'all. Um, so, so, so some specialists have taken an interest in this phenomenon and say that it can be a psychogenic illness. So it can present um, some physical symptoms that happen after some psychological symptoms. So it can be described as these psychological symptoms of this hysteria negatively affecting someone and thus affecting their nervous system, such as to cause some sort of physical case of illness um, or any other psychological distress. So when we see a common group of people who would normally we would consider be very rational folks acting very irrationally, then we see them being pulled by their psychological symptoms And thus, sometimes physically, they may even begin to think that they have the illness, even though they are not presenting with the classic symptoms. So we've kind of seen that happen in some of the hospitals. A lot of people are getting tested, even though they're not showing symptoms of COVID-19. 
Um, so my ask is that if you do not have a fever, uh, you are not presenting with the cough, you have not been traveling to the countries that are listed, please take some time, uh, reflect, and see if you really do need to take that step by going and getting tested and potentially save those supplies for someone else. So let's actually dive off from that little bit and let's talk about, so what is causing so much anxiety now or what is causing so much of this mass hysteria? So the first thing is the health concerns. So initially there was a lot of lack of information on the media's end, and then we saw a lot of sens sensationalizing sorry, of the news and the little tidbits of information that they were given were blown way out of proportion or they were shared very differently among the different countries. And as we've come to get more information about COVID-19, we have watched what this has done. We have seen certain places like here in the United States where it's caused a little bit of a public panic. Um, and we've seen Costco's and other stores completely run out of supplies, no toilet paper, no food, um, no cleaning supplies, no soap, things like that. And we have had different countries where they've had, you know, much more tighter restrictions on certain things. Um, and it's hasn't been the same kind of effect. Now we're seeing some ripple effects of this anxiety and also what the countries are choosing to do is to keep us in a state of social distancing. So this means that schools are closing. This means that some child cares are closing. Um, and by both of these things happening, it causes child care issues for some parents. This also means that some places of employment will be closing potentially from, you know, two weeks, eight weeks, something like that. It could be any range in between there. So, lack of somewhere for your kids to be taken care of, which now creates a cause and strain on you as a parent. It also could potentially mean a lack of income for you coming in for two to eight weeks, which is going to cause a lot of stress on your family, which can cause you a lot of anxiety. Because we said that anxiety is directly related to stress. And the lack of resources that could potentially happen. So lack of food, lack of toilet paper, lack of cleaning supplies, potentially utilities. If we see enough people out because of this illness and we don't have utility workers or we have other issues happening um, with trade, since a lot of things come from China, we could see an increase in this anxiety and in everyone's stress. So... What do we do about it? Okay, so what do we do when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling stressed? So one of the first things that I always like to do is to take a breath. Um, so I actually want to do some box breathing. And what we're going to do is we're going to be breathing in for a count of four, holding that breath for a count of four, exhaling for a count of four, and then holding that for a count of four. So let's go ahead and do that. So let's breathe in and hold two, three, four, exhale for a count of four, and then hold that. 
And then you'll want to repeat that at least three more times so that you're doing four full breaths with the four full seconds for each part. So when we're doing this, we want to inhale into our diaphragm. And so that's one of those really, really good deep belly breaths. Um, if you don't know how to do this, there's YouTube. There's a whole bunch of things out there that can help you work on how to do uh, diaphragmatic breathing. So this act will actually slow down our heart rate and it's going to calm us naturally. Now, this is usually where I like to start because when I'm feeling stressed um, in times of uh, like a pinch, it's usually when I'm driving or when I'm at work. So I'll usually just, you know, do it while I'm driving and still stay focused on the road. Um, or I will, you know, simply step out back or even do this in the break room if I'm feeling somewhat stressed at work. So the second strategy for what we can do when we're feeling overwhelmed is to talk to someone. So we can choose to talk to a friend, a family member, a coworker, a mentor. Um, we can even choose to get professional help. We can talk to a therapist, a psychologist. You could talk to a coach. So someone like me, um, and talking about those feelings can and will make you feel better. So when we talk about it, we begin our process of working through those emotions. So the logical part of our brain operates very differently than the emotional part. And the emotional part is called our limbic brain. It's kind of like our reptilian brain. And when we feel like we're getting hijacked by our emotions, that's kind of a cue that we need to be talking about them so that we can begin to process them. So the act of talking about them will allow your prefrontal prefrontal cortex, which is that logical part of your brain to activate and begin the reasoning about how you feel. So if you're feeling stressed about something, you're feeling anxious about something, reach out to someone that you trust and talk to them. Number three, I like to use the worst case, best case, most likely scenario. And we talked about this in episode two, um, when we discussed negativity bias and some self-care. So our normal default is to go for that worst case scenario first, since it is in our brain's best interest and our survival uh, to go there, but it's not necessarily in the best interest of our mental health. So in this case, let's think, what would be the best case scenario? So best case is we're still able to go to work. We still have access to food and we don't get sick. And no one in our family gets sick. Worst case scenario, we get sick. We cannot work. We're unable to get food, so on and so forth. Maybe you, you know, make this huge catastrophe as far as you can't pay mortgage, you can't pay bills, all of those things. Who knows? I mean, we, we don't even know how long this thing could last, but we do know what situation we're in right now. So my ask is, okay, so what's the most likely? Most likely is that we're going to need to slow down the pace at which we're consuming our food, our resources. We may need to take some days or even a week or two off of work. We may need to keep our social distance so that we can uh, stop the spread of COVID-19. And we need to control what we can, can control. We can control what we say, what we do how we interact, and we can control how well we wash our hands. So wash your hands. The fourth thing that we can work on is that we can journal. So maybe you're not someone who's 
too excited about talking to another individual about your feelings, maybe you'd feel more comfortable writing them down. So that's when I like to reach out for a journal. Sometimes our thoughts, it feels a little overwhelming and daunting to share with another individual. So it feels a little bit safer to write it down in private. Um, So it's the same thing that applies when you're talking about your feelings. The act of writing what you're feeling will enable you to begin the process of working through these feelings, and it'll begin to activate your prefrontal cortex, and you'll be able to begin some logical thought related to how you're feeling. My fifth tip on how to deal with overwhelm and anxiety is to abstain from social media or watching the news. I know that I'm someone who can definitely get overstimulated by things and the behavior of abstaining really, really works well for me. So if I feel overwhelmed by something that's affecting the world um, or something that I know will kind of take over my brain and it'll hijack me and I'll get very anxious and worried and I won't be able to sleep, then that's usually my cue that I know I need to back off reading Google articles. I need to stop watching stuff on Netflix Stay away from all those documentaries I know I shouldn't be watching. Like, seriously, why? Why did I even start watching that today? That just makes my anxiety that much worse. So that's usually my cue that I need to back off and limit myself. So what I like to do now is I currently um, spend maybe a couple minutes in the morning and a couple minutes in the evening uh, reading what I need to read and then trying to move on from it. Uh, So the next one that I like is number six, and this is doing an activity that you enjoy. Um, So this one is kind of along the same vein of abstaining. It is kind of we're doing a substitution. So instead of allowing ourselves to have our brain be busy with this anxiety and stress, we're trying to focus it on an activity that brings joy to us. So maybe you love reading, maybe you have a new fiction book or a new self Um, help or self-care book that you've been neglecting. Maybe you get down on some cross-stitch or crochet, like get your granny on. Maybe you can take your dog out back and play some fetch or give them a bath because they probably stink. (laughs) Dogs and rainy weather, that's what's going on right now. I know my dog could probably use a bath. Um, Go cook a meal for your family, bake some cookies together, um, or even sometimes like go for Go for a drive and listen to your favorite podcast or radio station. I used to love doing that when I lived in the, on of the coast off 101. It was a lot of stressful times for me, but very, very calming. Just doing a quick little drive, just kind of get my head centered. Really, really helped put me in a better place. And my last suggestion, number seven, is to exercise. So exercise is one of the best medicines out there along with eating well, which is probably the best one. And it's going to help you clear your mind and it's going to help release some serotonin, which is the happy hormone. Yoga and weight training are my current favorites that I enjoy. Um, The weight training helps me realize that I can do hard things and it also gives me something to focus on. And yoga is very, very helpful in me getting to a place where I feel relaxed and it really helps me feel in control, especially holding certain poses. Um, If I feel like I need to be calmed, I usually like to hang out 
for a minute or two in extended child's pose. It'll help me bring me back, center me, bring me back into control. And it'll help me feel like, okay, I can do this. Just keep breathing. And those are all of the tips that I have for you today on dealing with some anxiety and stress and these turbulent times that we're currently dealing with. I just wanted to tell you all that I love you and I hope that you take care of yourself and your family. Do what's best for you and yours so that we can all keep doing what we love and making the world a better place. These are some stressful times that we're in, but we can all get through this together if we think of the common good and we look out for each other. Again, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for joining me today on Building a Better Life. I'd love for you to share a screenshot of you listening to this episode. Tag me at Aaron M. Beckman and share what your thoughts are on today's episode. Thank you, everyone. Be safe and wash your hands. Thank you so much for joining us today on Building a Better Life. If you love what you heard or want us to talk about a particular topic, leave us a good review on iTunes or Google Podcasts and leave your suggestions in your review. If you have a friend or someone who needs this episode or maybe the whole podcast in their life, please share a screenshot on your Instagram and tag me at Aaron M. Backman. You can also find me on Facebook under Aaron Backman Coaching. Hope you have a fabulous week and get your shit together.